Welcome back to the Tailgate Podcast. I am your host and the voice of the Tailgate, Michael Quattromani. And with me today, I am joined by none other than Liam Scheibels. Liam, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, Mike. How are you? I'm fantastic. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you're having a fantastic day. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a like. Also, check out my TikTok where I upload tons of football content, some basketball content coming out shortly with the season under wraps soon, soon, coming out soon. And also check out the most recent episode of the four and one podcast where we cover everything in football and answer the question or just, you know, the statement, how can you make your fantasy team better um, for the playoffs? I I started a discord. If you don't know. Yeah. What's up, Shibs? No, I was just going to point out that uh, you don't have much success in making that. Wow. (laughs) All right. All right, so yeah, so me and Shibs are in the same league, uh, in the league that I'm in with him. My record's not too hot. I, I limped into the playoffs. I he barely made, made it. it. I mean, he made it. I made he, it. He, he dragged two broken legs. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a body cast with an oxygen tank, but look, we're in it nonetheless. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, here is the outline for the day. We're going to start off highly requested, did it last time, going to do it again. Players expectations versus production part two. And then Shibs and I are going to give our playoff sleeper. So just a team who is probably on the bubble of making the playoffs, but if they do, they could really make a mark. And then lastly, our third segment is going to be our quarterback debuts. So quarterbacks that are on a new team this year, how they performed good, not good. They helped the team, not help the team. It's going to be very conversation based, very loose. Um, so yeah, I got to start off with players expectations versus production. And also where would you draft them next year? First up is going to be Zeke Elliott Shibs. How are we feeling about Zeke? I mean, obviously he hasn't produced this year. Let's be real here. His first couple weeks of the season were when the Cowboys played well, he still didn't put up the type of points. He had two good games. I'm pretty sure is what I remember with two, two, two 10 point games, two 20 point games, solid numbers, right? But you're drafting him top three. You're expecting top three numbers for the whole season. You're expecting a running back who can do it when he doesn't have an offense, do it by himself. Like Saquon Barkley can with a terrible New York Giants team. And once they lost Dak Prescott, you just did not see that from Zeke Elliott. Yeah. I mean, Saquon Barkley can get 20 reps a game. You know what? He might have games where he averages three yards a carry, but he'll still score touchdowns and he'll still break big runs. Zeke, and he'll get, catch, he'll get catches too. I haven't seen anything from him. He's not reliable. He fumbled twice last game, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's, he's just, had, he has seven fumbles on the season. I'm pretty sure. Fumble problems this year. The guy who should be putting the Cowboys on his back to make the playoffs in an easy division. They need five wins to be in the yeah. rankings right now for the playoffs. They're not there. Zeke Elliott could have easily gotten them there with a couple of good hundred yard games. And this man is putting up three yards to carry consistently. I just what, think he's yeah, 100%. Underperformed, completely underperformed. And look, obviously a lot of the blame has been placed on, you know, the lack of having Dak Prescott on the lineup or the offensive line's gotten hurt. Well, I think you made a perfect example out of Saquon Barkley. Like look at Barkley. His quarterback was exactly. Daniel Jones and had a beat up offensive line for his entire career so far. And he still was the number two pick in the draft. So it can be done. And I think that just, you know, raises the idea that like Saquon's probably the better running back just talent-wise than Zeke Elliott. Yeah, I mean, I would would take Barkley. Running backs are also, I mean, they're come one, come all. If you get a good offensive line, you got anyone behind that good offensive line, they're going to be able to run. You saw it through the, it's a Dallas system. Mm -hmm. They got, they threw DeMarco Murray behind that line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy. They threw Alfred Morris behind that line, and Alfred Morris put up 1,600 yards, if you guys remember, in 2015. Oh, yeah. That is remarkable for someone who was tossed around the league after that. Yeah. It's a system. It's not a running back that does it all, too. 
So especially when you see someone behind, I mean, they're still a little bit battered, but they still have a good offensive line and you see him still putting up bad numbers. I don't know. I like Zeke, but maybe he isn't the talent that we all thought he was. Maybe he's more of a bruiser and he needs the support from his quarterback 100%. I love it. So where, where are you drafting him next year? Is he good? Is he still in the first round? Look, I think if you're in a 12 person league, 10 person league, I mean, you got to take best talent available. I'm taking Zeke if he's falling to me. I, I would say Zeke's probably going projected behind Kamara, CMC, Saquon, maybe a couple other players. I don't know. I really can't see Zeke falling much past eight, but I don't eight. think I would take him within the top eight myself. Yeah, I, mean, I would definitely you, – you assume the Prescott's going to be back next year. You assume the offensive line will get healthier again. So with those assumptions, I, I'd think eight would be a steal for him. I'd probably pick him around five or six just because, you know, with the potential, you know, possibility of the offensive line getting hurt again. I mean, Zeke's on my bench right now. I traded for him weeks ago uh, after he put up – I think it was like two eight straight games. I'm like, you know – or two eight-point games. I'm like, you know what? He might come back. He didn't. He had one 21-point game, had 14 last week, which is – it's good. It's like RB2 numbers, but it's not consistent enough to be a startable option. So right now, him and Miles Sanders are riding my bench. And at one point, I was thinking, Zeke Elliott, Miles Sanders are my RB1, RB2. Right now, I have Aaron Jones and Wayne Gallman as my RB2. Again, limping into the playoffs, but we're here. Um, yeah, we'll have to see, though. Zeke is definitely an enigma. I mean – you just got to hope that his offensive line can get healthier. But another guy who has had a lot of uncertainty about him since he got reinstated into the NFL, Antonio Brown, wide receiver for the Bucs, has had a pretty shaky return back to the NFL. I'm pretty sure his numbers have been 6, 13, 13, and 3. Where, yep. What do you think about him? All right, you know I love Antonio Brown. You know I always say he is the best receiver of this decade. Yeah. He is extremely talented. He's a great route runner. The man can catch all the volume he wants, and he makes plays. But the problem is Tampa Bay is just too talented for any single player to thrive. Look, as a player, I think he could help lead the Bucs to a championship next year with making himself big plays in games, but he's just not going to be a consistent fantasy option. Look, Mike Evans is catching every single touchdown on the team. Godwin's playing out of the slot, and Ronald Jones is even catching passes. There's just not enough volume to go around to all these great yep. players. You've got Gronk over there stealing targets too. I mean – it's just tough. Maybe he's going to catch short balls, but what we've seen is he hasn't really scored touchdowns at all. Mm-hmm. Those he are doesn't have a touchdown mopped. yet this season. Exactly. Those are mopped up by Gronk and Evans, and that's just going to be difficult. Look, in another system, 100%, I think he's a top 10 fantasy receiver if he goes to the right system. He's yeah. got the talent. He showed it the past five, six years that he can be that option. But in this system, I don't think I'm drafting him in the first five rounds next year. First five. Yeah. I honestly, I was going to say, wait till at least round nine. I just, I I completely agree. There's too much talent to go around. I'm staying away from all Tampa Bay players. It's just like, you can just list them off. Like Gronk, Godwin, Evans, Fournette, Jones. I mean, there's just uh, Brown, obviously like there's so much talent to go around that. Like, I don't think anybody can really stake out a piece of the offense except for Chris Godwin, because he is the possession guy. He is like the Julian Edelman of the Bucks offense. So he's going to have, four or five, possibly six catches a game for around 60 yards. He's that, you know, 10-point guy at a minimum. But outside of him, I mean, Mike Evans has been pretty touchdown dependent. Gronk oh, wow. is a tight end, so you never know how tight ends are going to fare. 
And then that backfield, Ronald Jones has been the number one guy, but we've seen Leonard Fournette dominate in just halves, and Jones wouldn't even see the field. So I'm definitely not drafting anybody on the Bucs until at least round nine, with the exception of Godwin a little bit earlier, obviously. So you said round five for um, Antonio Brown, right? I said, I mean, I just don't – in a 10-person league, I see him going – I'm not picking him until later, but I see him probably going between – I don't know, six, someone takes a flyer on him between six to nine. That's, that's I mean, look, you're right. The, the talent's there. I mean, look, he's 32, but like he's ran some really nice routes this year. And, and there have been a few plays where he has burned the cornerback and Brady just overthrown him. And, you know, that's 12 points it missed out on. But still, I mean, the talent is obviously still there. Uh, moving on to the next guy, though, we got Justin Herbert, a guy that, in my opinion, I did not see coming at all. I, like just draft night, I thought he was just another Oregon quarterback who kind of like Marcus Mariota, just look at the first option the entire time and don't look off of it. And that was really it. But I mean, he's really come onto the scene. What do you think about him? So I've always said, like, I watch a lot of college football. I love college football. It's my favorite thing to watch. I love it much more than the NFL. It's just younger players. They're not developed. So they're going to make more mistakes, but it's just more interesting. Mm -hmm. And I always saw with Justin Herbert, very, very talented. Clutch team, non-existent. Mm -hmm. The guy could not win games to save his life. And I mean, look, I, he's ve- he was very NFL ready. He's more of a pocket passer, which we've also seen in the NFL. He was probably the most or second most NFL ready in the class. I, I thought Burrow was going to be the best, which he probably was in terms mm-hmm. of the offense they put him into. But I really think that we've seen the non-factor of the clutch gene again this year. Like, I mean, look, his defense is thrown for him in a couple situations, definitely. But there are two or three games that – Herbert could have easily closed out himself and he's throwing dumb picks. I mean, they could have beat the Chiefs in his first start if he yeah. doesn't throw that dumb pick to the free safety sitting in the middle of the field. Yep. There's just no reason to throw that. Rookie mistakes. He'll learn from it. And I know he'll get better. I'm Herbert's going to be an awesome fantasy option in the years to come. Um, I would take him – I'd take him as a QB anywhere between 6 to 10, I think. Is 6 fair to 10? QB 6 yeah. to 10. I don't know. Uh, so I have Herbert on my team. I picked him up after he put uh, – actually, right on the bye week, I picked him up. So right on week five or six, I think it was. Yeah, it was six. I think I'm I think I'm going to say round five for him. I mean, he's – round five or six, honestly. He should be a, a top three quarterback off, off the board because you want I'm top? just – What? You want him top three? I'd say – I'd say the top three should be Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and Justin Herbert. I mean – Where's Russell? Where is well, Wilson? I'd say he's top five. I would say Wilson is probably number five. I still put Prescott at four. Cause I, I think you have to, I'm sorry, but I think he has to be six. There's no way you can put him above the success that Prescott, Murray, Wilson, Mahomes have shown. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's just so good. And in, in an offense where the defense sucks and he has so many weapons and he's going to be playing from behind in almost every single game, as we've seen, there's just so many opportunities for him to put up a ton of points. And we've seen him do that time and time again. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's like the quarterback four or five on the season and he missed the first two weeks. So, I mean, he's just been absolutely phenomenal. I'm a huge Herbert fan. People say I look like him. Like I I just like the guy. (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying right around five. I think that's a fair spot. I think anywhere, if you get in between five and 10, you got good value. Oh yeah, for sure. Don't see it. So we actually just mentioned his name, Kyler Murray, though. I feel like some people saw the breakout saying like, okay, he's going to be a top five guy, but 
I mean, he's he's been a little bit better than that. Not as of late. He's at like seven and twenty-three in his last two, but he's had a shoulder injury and tough defense. So I'm excusing him from that. I'm just looking at the first eleven weeks of the season. What do you think about him? Um, fantasy production, amazing. Start of the year, I was high on Kyler Murray. I have him in two of my other leagues just because of the floor he provides with his running. I mean, that's just a huge bonus in any fantasy football league. If you have a quarterback who can run the football getting oh, 10 yards is one point, that's a massive floor if you're getting 50 yards a game right there. That's basically mm-hmm. a touchdown. Yeah. So I was being on Kyler Murray, and I drafted him in two leagues, and he's really performed for me. I've seen him put up the rushing numbers. He's been a great quarterback. But my problem is, as an NFL quarterback, he's been all right. I mean – Look, he's been good, but he's thrown picks in bad situations. There's been a couple games that he should have definitely closed out. That Patriots game was awful by Murray and the whole the whole Cardinals team. But they the Patriots be- had no business winning that game at all. No business winning that game. And you see, you've seen it recently. They have their offense has been struggling a little bit. Now, I'm not going to put all this the blame on Kyler Murray. He's a great quarterback. I think he's another amazing quarterback of the future. But and I think he's he is a top three quarterback for me next year just because of his rushing floor. But for me, Kyler Murray, will he lead his team to a Super Bowl in the next two years? No. In the next five years? Yes, I think so. They need a defense is what they need. Kyler Murray isn't really the problem here. Running back, maybe, maybe most likely the big problem, offensive line is what they're going to need to get a rushing attack. I was just going to say the same thing. I'm like, you know, you can bail him out and say, oh, yeah, well, he has the legs. Well, you know, Lamar Jackson does too, but his sack percentage numbers have gone way up and we've seen them lose a bunch of games because of it. So obviously like, you know, mobile quarterbacks are more well off than the Tom Brady and Drew Breeses of the world, but there's only so much a quarterback with legs can really do because throwing on the run has become more and more difficult in the NFL this year because defenses can really game plan it, especially against Lamar Jackson. I mean, I've, I saw something on Instagram or something about how like defenses are literally calling his plays at the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's nuts. And that, I think that's a large part of why they're a six and five football team. I mean, last year, you didn't know what to do to stop him. I mean, the NFL has really never seen a talent like Lamar Jackson since Michael Vick. But then this year, when you have no receivers, you have Mark Andrews, and you have a kick-ass run game, well, then all you're going to do is try to stop the run. That's why the Pages have been so easy to stop. That's why the Ravens have been so easy to stop. Yeah, I mean, it's just – that's why I think they're 6-5, and five, and that's why the Patriots are 6-6, six and six, because you know what they're going to do. It's remarkable to me, though, that the Ravens have that good of a defense and that talented of an offense, and they're a 6-5 and five football team. I, I mean, they have the number one defense probably in the NFL, or you can say the Steelers, too. Yeah, I would, I would say number two. <laughs> but still, I think the Ravens are very talented across the board. And there's one position. They are missing one position, and they could be easily – they have nine, ten wins. If they have wide receivers, they have nine or ten wins. Yeah. Marquise Brown, everyone's typing up. The guy is just not a good football He's just receiver. not. He's incredibly He's really fast. Tyreek Hill, his route running is remarkable. His cuts are quick. He's very agile. Marquise Brown just looks lazy on the football field. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he runs these curly, cushy, cloudy routes, and they just do not get him open at all. And Lamar Jackson is throwing these contested balls to him, and it's just not working. Mark Andrews is putting up production, but teams cue in on that. And then Lamar's to throw to the wide receivers or run, and he's just – And there's only so much a tight end can really do. I mean, especially the talent of Mark Andrews. I mean, unless you're George Kittle. But then again, George Kittle had guys like Debo Samuel who, and, and even Emmanuel Sanders last year who could open up the offense for him. I don't think Marquise Brown is really opening up the offense for them. As you said, I mean, he's just, in my opinion, he's the poor man's Tyree kill. He just runs fast and that's really it. He doesn't really have 
you know, a lot else about his game. That's anything to, you know, monitor. I mean, I just don't think he's really that good, but back on the subject of Kyler Murray, where you drafted him? I'm taking Kyler Murray as a top four quarterback again next year. 100%. He's top four for me. So right around, round six, seven. One. Uh, yeah, wherever he falls to you. If, if you see first two, first three quarterbacks go, I'm like, okay, I'm queuing on Kyler Murray. Yeah, gotcha. All right. Uh, last I guy think, we got for the expectations think, versus production is going to be Dalvin Cook. Cook came into the season, I'm pretty sure, drafted around the sixth or seventh pick. I wasn't high on him at all. I said I would draft him in the second round, not the first round. I obviously missed on that one. He's been a machine. What do you think about him? Um... I was I wasn't high on Dalvin Cook either. Not just because not because of his fantasy production. His fantasy production been remarkable. But for me, fantasy football is about consistency and having a player who can play the whole year. And Dalvin Cook gets injured way too often. Yep. Even dating Very back to college, he couldn't stay healthy. Exactly. He's had so many problems with his knees and his ankles, and it's just not a good formula for staying on the football field, especially as a young running back. I mean, you saw it with Todd Gurley develop those massive arthritis problems. That's just not a good thing. Mm-hmm. But Dalvin Cook, very talented. The Vikings' own line has shown themselves to be pretty remarkable, to be honest, with what they're working with. They're not a great offensive line, and they've opened some pretty good holes for Dalvin Cook. His passing game, Kirk Cousins, as always, shows up in the second half of the season because he feels like it. I mean, <laughs> I think as a whole, Cook has had a very good year, and he's very talented. But a lot of his production is coming off of two or three games. I think they need to get him more consistent high touch games and they just need to control the clock instead of having Kirk Cousins throw picks every game. If they get, if yeah. they just, they focus on the ground game enough, but if they fo- give the ball to Dalvin Cook as much as possible, they're going to win the football. Are you worried about the emergence the of Justin Jefferson? <sighs> yes and no. I mean, all, most teams who have a good running back have very good wide receivers because you need that counterbalance 100%. Mm-hmm. It's going to open up the run game. They're going to, if when they see Justin Jefferson running post routes over the top of their cover three, they're going to be, oh, let's drop the team back. And that's going to open up run yep. spacing for Dalvin Cook. I think there's a, always a good balance between a good wide receiver and a good running back. The only one that I find different with that is mostly Christian McCaffrey. Every other team that has a solid running back who've put up good stats this year have good elite wide receiver. So then what happened to Clyde Edwards Hilaire? I mean, he just has not panned out. He's just not panned out at all. I mean, you saw his first game was amazing, but my problem is they also have not got him crazy touches either. Yeah, they they, ha- I don't think he. I don't think he's good. seen a game over ten touches. I think he's seen one game over ten touches in yeah. the last like five weeks. It's just he just isn't For getting me, the ball. It's like they're they're pass first team. A lot of teams pass to complement the run. They run to complement. The yes, pass. it's yep. just a different formula. It works for them. So hundred percent. No complaints. They're a great offense. He's not happening. As a fantasy option, he's just not viable. So where are you taking Dalvin Cook next year, though? What pick? I am taking Dalvin Cook. Hmm, I'd say RB four, five, three, four, really? five, I think, is a fair number for him. Who are you Tyler, taking for him? I, w- I would say two. I'm taking Christian McCaffrey. Well, yeah. I'm taking, no. I'm taking Kamara, and I'm taking McCaffrey ahead of him. You're taking Kamara ahead of him, really? Just because of the volume, both of those running backs again, high floors because of PPR, they're getting receptions. Okay, like what if okay, what if take... Drew Brees isn't th- there next year though? 
okay, if Drew Brees is not there next year, then I'm a little happier taking Cook at two. Uh, yeah, I, I my and rankings is- would go uh, CMC, Cook, and then probably Barkley after that. Yeah, if, if with a Drew Brees injury and or retirement, I could see that as well, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean we've just seen what Kamara's done over the last few weeks, and it's it's not that good. But Shibs, I must ask, who is your playoff sleeper? Let's move into the next segment, playoff sleepers. Who you got? I've got a few. I've got like more of a deep sleeper, and then I've got like a playoff just sleeper in general. Okay. So first off, the NFC East. Oh division, no. Right? That division. <gasps> Hear me out. The Alex Smith led Washington Redskins. <laughs> Let's talk about that. They might not even win the division. I said it was going to be deep. <laughs> the Washington Redskins have a very solid defense. That is where their team strength is. Now, I don't think they need to put up 25 points a game. As long as their defense plays well, they control the ball. Look, they're, will they get Antonio Gibson back by the playoffs? Yes, I think so. Two-headed rushing attack, J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson. Look, to- Turf Toe, well, can we say one month probably? I think he'll be back. Yeah, I'd say three weeks for him. But, I mean, there was some possibility of him so, coming back this week. So, there's, I, I wouldn't even put next week in doubt. Like, or, or I wouldn't even just, like, exactly. you know, put that away. So, depending on the team that they play, I think if they can control the ball with their running backs as well as, like, J.D. McKissick casting passes out of the backfield, a very elite wide receiver in Terry McLaurin. Look, Alex Smith is a system quarterback, but, again, that's a way to control the ball. Keep the ball on your side of the field. Keep the other defense tired and keep your defense off the field and rested. With the running running attack, short passes, and one, one or two beaters a game to Terry McLaurin, I think that's a formula for success against a very good football team. Controlling the ball against any team works. Any team in the NFL. Well, they did to the Steelers. Control the ball, you're going to win football games. And I think they have the best chance out of all of the worst teams in the NFL to control the ball just because of their elite defense. Okay. G- give me give me your actual sleeper. Okay. This was tough for me, to be honest. But I went with the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. okay. The X factor of Kyle Curry. I think they have the power just offensively to beat any team in the NFL. You saw they beat the Seahawks early in the season when the Seahawks were firing on all cylinders. I think that game might have caused the Seahawks breakdown that we've seen recently. They were undefeated before that game. That was unreal. And so, I mean, you see the absolute offensive firepower that DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray bring to the table. They have a veteran locker room with Larry Fitzgerald. Their defense, not so good, but they've got Buda Baker. Isaiah Simmons, I think, could be a real X factor in the playoffs. He looks really, really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. As a sub-linebacker, I think he's been amazing this year. He's, he got after the quarterback last game, too, which was awesome to see. Their defense, not as good, obviously, but... I think the offense will be able to keep up with any team in the NFL, and I think they can make a run in the playoffs. They remind me a lot of the Texans last year. I feel like that Texans team in the playoffs was was Deshaun Watson, and that was really it. And he went and took over that game. I think Kyler Murray is a lot like Deshaun Watson. There's obviously a lot of comparisons between the two. I could definitely see the Cardinals seeing into the playoffs as a six or seven seed and upsetting someone in the first round. I mean – you can't stop Kyler Murray. Not a whole lot of teams have been able to do that when he's been healthy. I'm not giving the Patriots any credit for that because he had his throwing shoulder hurt. So when you have your throwing shoulder hurt, 
I'm not giving you any credit if you're a defense for stopping him because he obviously was not making good passes and it was largely in part to his injury. How about you? My fantasy sleeper is going to be the Tennessee Titans. I have been, I literally said three months ago, I think the Titans are going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I've, I've, you know, digressed a little bit from that because the Chiefs and the Steelers look unbeatable right now. But there's something about Derrick Henry in the playoffs. He just flips on the switch when they move into the winter. I expect him to do the same thing this year as he's done in years past. But look, they did have a tough game against the Browns last Sunday, but they adjusted in the second half perfectly. And that's what you need to do in order to win playoff games. Teams like the Patriots have just made a living off of doing that, just adjusting in the second half and being able to play to what the other defense is giving them. Three out of four of their last games remaining are under 500 football teams. And I think that them with a lot of potential have a shot to potentially get a home game in the playoffs. And their defense is a lot better now than how they've been playing recently. And I think that they, I, I'm pretty sure they're averaging the most points per game over the last three games in the league. I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee were to make it to the AFC championship and knock, knock off like a Steelers or a Chiefs team. Um, but I think their floor is the divisionals. I think they will make it to the divisionals, no doubt, with the possibility, slim chance of making it to the Super Bowl. Okay, so I'm totally with you. If I were to pick like a team that's in the playoffs, like currently in standings wise, cause I picked two teams that weren't in the playoffs. Yeah, if I were to yeah. pick a team that was in the playoff standings, I think I would definitely pick the Tennessee Titans, especially seeing the run that they made last year. Their defense is not playing well for a defense with good pieces and then great defensive coach. Vrabel's yeah. a good coach. The Tennessee Titans defense have been very, very- Vrabel gets no credit and I don't understand why. He's so know. good. So I think they're going, their defense will show up eventually. Derek Henry, again, controlling the clock, run the ball with Henry. Give just throw up a quick 200 yards when they yeah. get easy, just like that. That's the formula. And I've said the whole year, I think these Steelers are not a good football team. I do not think the Steelers are a good football team. They are overrated in my mind. Come Look, on. we only have 40 minutes, so I can't necessarily dive into that too deep, but I, I, I could probably debate you on that for a solid two hours about that. <laughs> I think the Steelers, I've said it the whole year, the Steelers are losing in the first round of the playoffs. Okay, you do know they have the highest point differential in the NFL, right? The Steelers are losing. Ben Roethlisberger is a super a MVP contender. The offense has three very solid receivers, not including Eric Ebron. James Conner is a phenomenal running back behind a great offensive line who gives up the least amount of pressures per game to the quarterback. Their defense is number one in the league for opponents' points per game. And I think, did I say this already? They have the highest point differential in the NFL. And who would have beat them if Kasowski could actually kick the football? Oh, my God. <laughs> Dennis fine, fine. Then they're a nine and two football team. I'll give them that. They're still number two in the AFC. They're still a phenomenal team, and they're gonna steamroll every team in the AFC that isn't named the Kansas City Chiefs. We shall see when it comes to it. We're making it. You know, we're recording one of these right after the first yes, round. Yes, we are. Maybe. I, I wanted, I want to do a live stream with you watching the Steelers game, and we, we will be doing that we'll, for we'll sure. Okay, yeah, we're, we're marking that down, no doubt about it. But look, wait, I. Wait, I, I get, I get one qualm if they play the Browns, it's game over. (laughs) All right. So with the new segment to finish off the podcast, we're going to do quarterback debuts. So I I got a list of seven quarterbacks this year that have been on a new team compared to what they were last year. I peppered in a few rookies this uh, for the segment, but first off a player that me and Shibs know very well. He goes by the name of Cameron Newton, quarterback for the new England Patriots. Shibs, what are your thoughts on Newton? Okay. 
for me. I don't see, it's not that I don't see the talent. I see the talent 100%. I just do not, don't know what's happened to his throwing. His arm is just so off. It's his, shot. His form, his form is still decent, but he just throws the ball into the turf. I mean, he's coming just straight over the top and the ball just seems to dive into the ground. I don't know what's wrong with him. It, something is in his head. He's still an amazing runner, and that's what we've been mostly using for. I mean, somehow we won a game with less than 75 total passes. <laughs> he total had 69 passes. yards, and they put up 45 points. I don't know how that works. Yeah. And then the last game, we had like seven. Uh, we had like 65 total passing yards because of sacks, and we still won the football game. We're the only <laughs> team in NFL history to win two football two games in a row with 75 less than 75 yard passing. It's a, it's unreal. In, it's I, I don't understand. So, I mean, the system's working. Whatever it is, it's working. Maybe I'll, I'll let you know when we get to the playoffs, but I think there's going to be a point in the season where Cam Newton is going to have to show his stripes and whether or not he can throw the football to beat really good football teams. Earlier like in the season, season, earlier in the season, I said, I think for the Patriots to win, Cam Newton has to throw at least 250 yards every game. Because earlier in the year, when he didn't throw the ball well, they couldn't win. They just for some reason, when they won that four-game losing streak, they couldn't win when he couldn't throw the ball. So that's what I that's what I set my man I'm at. I'm like, if Cam Newton throws for over 70% passing percentage, 250 yards, and limit him to one pick, then they win a the game. It looks like he doesn't have to throw for 250 It yards. looks like he doesn't have to throw for that. I, I'm rephrasing what I'm five. saying. <laughs> what he has to what he has to do is he has to be more efficient. He has to make good passes. He has, I could bring up all the stats in the world for it, but he ranks fourth worst in catchable passes. He just, he doesn't throw the ball well. I mean, you can talk about completion percentage all you want, but if he's just completing dink and dunks to James White all game, then yeah, he's going to have a 67, 68% completion percentage. And that's going to be top half of the NFL. He doesn't even have that because all the balls he's throwing to Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers have been awful. And look, I know it's not the best wide receiver core in the world, but you have one of the best coaches of all time. You have Jacoby Myers, the GOAT. You should be, you should be okay. You should be able to like muster along with this because defenses like you and I have said should be able to game plan. Okay. They rank number three in the NFL in rushing yards per game. You should, that should open up your passing offense. That's why I don't understand why teams like the Ravens and the Patriots just can't get anything going through the air. They stack the box every single time because they know it's going to be a run play for, for both teams. I don't understand why neither offense passing wise can get anything going, but that's just me. I don't know. I think that the most obvious point of Cam's passing struggle was that Broncos game. I mean, it was frustrating to see him go up against a terrible defense and just not be able to do anything. And the last play of the game, like you talked about, the uncatchable passes he misses and kill Harry on wide open. Wide oh my god, and Demir Bird was I think it was it might be Harry, it was either Harry or Bird streaking right across the middle over the field. And oh, that I'm was like, Bird, yeah. It was Harry Bird. was the Harry was the um wide open, out. like wide open. And it's it's just it's just it's just things like that. All right, all right. No, pass Cam Newton, pass no. Cam Newton. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Teddy Bridgewater this year making the transition from the Saints, who went five and oh for the Saints last year, and now on the uh the Panthers? I mean, I think he's definitely feeling the pain of losing Christian McCaffrey. He so are you two, in fantasy, though? <laughs> two very good wide receivers. Robbie Anderson has been awesome this year. 
And DJ Moore has shown his stripes a little bit more later in the year. Like you said, I, I, I will admit it. You said it. And I agree. He's, he's, I said it. The volume is there. Just wait for the numbers played, to pan through. He's played better football. But my problem with Teddy Bridgewater is that they just have not won games. They haven't won games. And he got injured as well. I think he'll adapt. Hopefully he's got a longer term deal. I mean, it's not long, long term, but it's three years. He's got two yeah. more years on his deal to do something with it. With Christian McCaffrey back with two elite wide receivers hopefully a good draft class and a very, very young and very good defense. I love the Panthers defense, Jeremy Chin, Brian, Brian Burns. They have a good defense, a solid young core. Yeah. I think they could be good in the years to come. I think Teddy Bridgewater needs to get a little bit more acclimated, not get injured. So he has more time on the field and he's played well. He's played a little bit more conservative, but he's played well. I will say if Jeremy Chin puts together three or four more games, don't be surprised if he swoops in against defensive player of the year. That's all I'm going to say. It's going to be tough to take that away from Chase Young, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Next up, in a limited capacity, haven't seen as much as we'd like to from him this year, but what do you think about Tua? He's been, he's been good. I mean, he, even the games that they've won in blowouts, though, we really haven't seen anything special from yeah. him. Like the Rams game where they nuked him, he had 140 passing yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, good numbers. He's been very he's been consistent. He's thrown mm-hmm. seven touchdowns over four, five game, five games, I think. Yeah, five games. And his completion percentage has been pretty high. He hasn't mm-hmm. thrown for a lot of yards, but he hasn't thrown, he's been hasn't been terrible on the field too. He's not thrown a lot of picks. There's Protect one reason though. There's one reason. He's his, defense. his defense is winning games for him. And that's the way he's got a piece playing yep. right now. Yep. They're doing the same thing. They're doing the same thing they did with Tom Brady in his first three seasons. They're letting Tom Brady just be a game manager and do nothing more. Nothing more at all. You had you have a fantastic defense. I think Miami has a top five defense. They're playing out of their minds right now. I, agree. I, I could probably name two players on the defense. And they're probably expatriates. <laughs> so like they don't have that many names. I mean, outside of like Xavier Howard and that's really it. I mean, they just play well together. And that's the thing that's so great about it. But like, I don't think Tua really needs to do a whole lot. But that duo of Tua, if Gaskin's even the starter next year, Tua, Gaskin, and Gasicki, that's going to be great for years to come. I really like that trio between the three of them, mainly just Tua and uh, Gasicki. Um, but I think, honestly, fantasy-wise, I do. I, I got to sprinkle a little bit of fantasy football into this. I don't know why Tua won't throw the ball to Devontae Parker. I just – I, well, I what I was just going to say. I don't I don't get it. it. I don't get it. Whenever Fitzpatrick is on the field, you can pencil in Devontae Parker for, an, for a WR2. But when I'm not kidding, when two is on the field, you should sit Devontae Parker any chance you have. Yeah, Devontae I, Parker, I, I think he has the tools to be a top 15 wide receiver in the NFL. He's big, he's strong, he runs decent routes, and he's very fast. We yeah. see him with Patrick on the field, he's going to put up 20 point games. But two just is just not throwing the ball to him. I, I mean, I don't get it. I don't either, but maybe next season, development. development. Yeah, exactly. Just be, you know, hopefully with training camp next year, crossing our fingers that we actually have a training camp next year. Hopefully, but, you know, Tua and him will be able to actually, like, get some chemistry going because you have to think about it. Like, no training camp, Tua thrusted into a starting position when he shouldn't have. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing great when he was. I don't like that. I like Brian Flores a lot. I think he deserves coach of the year. But I don't understand that. That's the one head scratcher I have this year. I just I, I don't get that. that as well. Fitzpatrick was playing some great football. I don't. I did not get it at all. I have a question. Yeah. Who would you rather have? Not for the future. I'm saying this year and this year alone. Who would you rather have as a starting quarterback than England Patriots? Cam Newton or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Cam Newton every day of the week. 
I take because it the Patrick. system, the system the Patriots are playing with, I think fits Cam Newton better to win football games. Look, if we had better wide receivers, I'm taking Fitzpatrick because he's a much better passer yep. than the ball. As a running football team, I think Cam Newton fits the team better. Fitzpatrick is so much fun, though. He's so fun to watch. Okay, look, if Edelman's healthy and we have a superstar wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins, I'm saying, oh, yeah, give me Ryan (laughs) But in a team where we don't have those big-name wide receivers, they're good for dink and dunks, crossing patterns, drag throws. But those are those simple throws that any quarterback in the NFL can Mm -hmm. make. We need a running quarterback, and Cam Newton has shown that. He can be big. He can bowl people over, and that is what we need in the football team. And honestly, that's why Fitzpatrick – and, and the, the, that's why Devontae Parker has been so good with Fitzpatrick because Parker's not your, I'm going to run a drag route. I'm going to run a little flat. No, he's your deep cross. He's your straight vertical. Like, he, he runs those routes. If Fitzpatrick just airs it out to him, Gasicki obviously just runs – you know, he's a vertical threat. That's what he does. That's why those guys have been so good with him. Two is more of, like, the more yeah, dink and dunk. Exactly. That's why that's why I love Fitzpatrick. I love Fitzmagic. Got him on the team. Next up, though, we're going to keep on the rookie train. We got Joe Burrow. Burrow, obviously, season got cut short. Was going to break virtually every single quarterback record there is to have. What are your thoughts on him for next season? Um, I think he's going to have a good season. I mean, he's got good – I think he's got good weapons. T. Higgins played amazing with Burrow. So did Boyd. I, I love think T. Higgins. starting to establish a good rapport. You had T. Higgins on your fantasy team. Yep, I did. I will say yeah. I picked up the best players in fantasy this year. I, I picked up the best. I got Justin Herbert, uh, Justin Jefferson. I'm trying to think of some more. I got T. Higgins. Blanking up. Robinson, yeah. so I think I missed cool. on James Robinson. Yeah. But I think I think he'll have a good year next year. I mean, you saw it. They had huge plays. I mean, the, they could have been 1-1-0 one, one oh, or 1-1-1 one, one one if Randy Bullock doesn't miss like a – 30-yard field goal. I mean, what are they I had Randy Bullock that week in fantasy. (laughs) I think they they have a solid offense. Once they get Joe Mixon back, too, next year, if they build up an offensive line, they could be an offensive powerhouse, 100%. I think he's got a good future ahead of him. He looked good to me. He looked like a very system quarterback in terms of – but he's definitely able to make those big throws that he needs to. Mm -hmm. He's talented. He'll obviously grow as a player. It just takes time for most rookies. Sam Darnold has been awful in New York. Sam Darnold, obviously, wasted talent in my opinion. I think Sam Darnold has the, you know, ability to be a top 15 quarterback. I really do. Like, he's flashed the pan so many times as a solid quarterback. Against the Chiefs, the one where he's running to his left. Yes, exactly. I'm telling you, like, he flashes the pan once in a while, and you look at you're like, wow. Like, he can be a good quarterback. But just New York is wasting him, right? Do you think that Cincinnati is going to be a similar place for Burrow, or do you think Burrow can actually succeed there? I think that they have better weapons in Cincinnati. And a be- I mean, look, I'm taking any coach in the NFL over Adam Gase. The guy yeah, I don't like Zach Taylor. I, think, I, don't, I don't think Zach Taylor is the quarterback for the future. And I mean, coach for the future, but he's better than Gase. Also, I was, I was like, what are they, they take the quarterback coach of the Rams? What are they doing? It made no sense. That. But I think hopefully he can be more of an offensive mind than Gase is just a brick. So yeah. I think they can get hopefully something going. Yeah, I think so too. All right, next up, we're going in the opposite direction of age. We've got the quarterback of the Colts, Phillip Rivers. What do you think? Um, I think Rivers has had a good year. Um, he's been solid. The Colts have been a great football team, large part into the very good defense. For me, Rivers has always been a streaky quarterback. Look, if Rivers gets hot, maybe they can win a Super Bowl. Rivers is one of those guys that if he gets hot and he throws four touchdowns, you do not want to come up against him next game because he mm-hmm. is lights out. 
But once he has a bad game, it gets in his head, I think, and he just starts throwing picks galore. That's definitely what happened last year. Yeah. A bad coach and Anthony Lynn, too, I think also struggled with him. But I think the Colts are better this year. Michael Pittman really is Flash's talent to me this year. I Coming out of USC, he was great, and he's been great in the NFL, too. Good route runner. Good YouTube channel, too. Very important. <laughs> and he's put up big numbers. T.Y. Hilton, on the other hand, has been non-existent, which Awful. is very odd to me. Who was for, so for a guy who was, I mean, top 10 in the fantasy league, fantasy for what was those two years for that two year stretch yep. what was that three I think it was ago? 20 I think it was 2014 2015 look I mean it's not like they're on similar quarterbacks too they're yeah. similar quarterbacks the world's pocket passes in the pocket. I mean look luck's a little bit more mobile but they throw the ball downfield they throw the ball downfield and T.Y. Hilton is just not showing up which I think is going to be an important factor for the Colts to be an X factor in the playoffs yeah I think look, I'm not gonna sit here and you know completely just destroy Philip Rivers because I don't think he's that bad of a quarterback. Um, but I I think I honestly do. If you look at the Colts roster and you look at every single player they have on their team without Philip Rivers, I'd say they're a Super Bowl contender. I really do. I mean, that defense is absolutely amazing. They have probably a top five running back core in the league, definitely the best tight end core in the NFL maybe second to the Eagles, but I mean, they're just a really talented team all around. Michael Pittman, like you said, has been playing great. Yeah. Probably the best offensive line in the NFL top three for sure. It's just, I think if you put any other, not any other, but like if you put a, like a top 15 quarterback in that, in that offense, I think you're, you're a Super Bowl contender. You're definitely sitting at nine and three, 10 and two. And I do think Phil Rivers is the only thing holding them back. It's no shot on him, though. They are in four. I get that. I'm just saying from separating them from a team that has the floor of, like, winning one playoff game to a team that can win a Super Bowl, I think that difference is Phil Rivers. I don't even think it's I don't even think it's the difference of a floor. I think it's the difference of if you want to win a Super Bowl, you have to have a guy who can go through three to four football games consistently. And I just know that Rivers will have that one bad game and he will blow up and he do yep. have no chance of making into a Super Bowl with that. Yeah. I agree. Uh who do we got next up? Next up we've got a quarterback I think we uh, talked about a little bit earlier. We got Justin Herbert. Yes, we do. I already said I like Herbert. I think he's a talented quarterback. You love him, obviously. Yes, I do. Um, I think he's going to be very good in the future. The Chargers have to get rid of Anthony Lynn. I'm sorry. He is the second worst coach in the NFL, if not worse than Adam Gase. The second he's worst. Going to be very good, very good off. And his, I don't know what he's done, but his special teams and his defense are just absolutely atrocious. I, they can be a very talented football team. Their offense is very good. Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert. They're number eight in the league. Loaded with talent. Mike Williams is could be really, really good. Williams could be awesome, honestly. 6'5", he's got yeah. the talent too. He could have a great core. And they just need a defense and they need a new coach. And I think Herbert is definitely their quarterback of the future. There's no doubt about that. Wait for some of those pieces to come back like Derwin James. I mean, he's a top three safety in the NFL when he's healthy. Um, I think you just got to wait for those guys to come back. I think you got to fire Anthony Lynn. And I think you got a playoff team because I think, honestly, I think that's the difference right there. I think it's, you give Justin Herbert another year, you fire your head coach, you wait for your angel players to come back, get him an offensive line. And I think that's a playoff berth for them. But the last player that we are going to cover. Yes. Yes. The last player that we are going to cover on the podcast today 
none other than the GOAT himself, Tom Brady. What are your thoughts about Brady and Tampa Bay? I know we definitely differ on this. I think we've talked about it in the past before. You know Tampa Bay is my Super Bowl pick. I still love Brady. What are your thoughts on him? I've always been the opposite of you this year. <laughs> I think Brady is just not a good quarterback. I know. I'm hey, you, you have been on record of saying Brady. he's washed. He's awesome for the Patriots. I mean, I'm not going to say he's washed. I love the guy. He's he's definitely talented. I just do not think they will make the, uh, the Super Bowl. I mean, they might not even make the playoffs. They just have such a talented offense. Have you seen the last four Brady games? Doing far more with this offense. I don't care how many points they put up, Michael. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying the last Look, four Brady games of the good. season. Brady last four games of the season. Oh, yeah, I know. They have a very easy schedule, too. But the mm-hmm. thing is, like, I, I would love to point out that Chargers game, for example. The Chargers game, Brady's going out and throwing five touchdowns, his best game of the year, against the worst defense they've probably played all year, number one. <laughs> number two, they go down 21-7, to seven, the Chargers, then 28-7, to seven, and then they're like, okay, let's wake up and play some football. That is not the mentality that wins you games in the playoffs. You cannot go down by that much in the early game and one playoff game. The only team I've seen do that in the past five years is the Chiefs. I just think that you have to come out of the gates flying – or at least, and they will because they have. All right, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. They have the four easiest games of their schedule coming up next. They're gonna win at least three of those games. They're gonna have a ton of momentum going into the playoffs. Tom Brady with momentum. If that offense is clicking and the defense is hot, you don't stop hot teams in the playoffs. We saw the Titans last year. The Titans went into this in the playoffs as a nine and seven football team, red hot behind Derrick Henry. The only thing they didn't have was a clutch quarterback. Well, you know what the Bucks have? They have a clutch quarterback. Tom Brady is still a beast. I don't care what you say. He's throwing a ton of picks. I <laughs> he's throwing a ton of picks. I know. He still has the yards. He still has the pieces. The offensive line is top five in the NFL. Never thought I'd be saying that about Tom Brady and that Bucks offensive line, but they're playing great right now. The mm-hmm. offense has got to click. Bruce Arians has got to step off of, you know, that huge ego he has. Brady's got to get rid of his huge ego, and they got to meet in the middle, make an actual playbook that caters to both of them, and I think they're a Super Bowl team. Oh, I don't know, Mike. That's another one that we will see when we come to we'll it. the see. Steelers game and, and the Bucks game. And we, we will do I mean, we will look, do a a a, a uh, live stream when that happens. I totally agree. I th- I think look, the Bucks definitely have the pieces. I've never thought Bryce Bruceians is a good head coach. I just don't think he's a good head coach at all. He's you want coach of the year? Whisper, <laughs> and he comes in and Jameis Winston decides. If you look back at Bruce Arians' stats, it is incredible. His <laughs> offenses are extremely complicated. I know Every, he's not that great. Um, I know. Five he's quarterbacks not that great. in a row. He's career high interception seasons, Michael. Career high. No. Palmer, know. Brady, um, Arians. Winston. Who else was it? And there are two more quarterbacks. Career high interception seasons. His offense is a little bit too complicated. It's too schemey. It's not enough running attack. I think he just needs more of a balance and just not as many crazy passes. If he if he dumbs down the offense a little bit, I think it could be good, but he just has to learn. I, it's on the coach. I think Brady's yeah. talented. He's still not making the greatest throws. He's still talented, but I just don't think they'll win, not because of Brady, but because of the coach. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this wraps like up Brady. yet. Yeah, this but wraps up yet another episode of the, the tailgate podcast. I appreciate you all of you for staying till the end. If you haven't already, make sure to follow my Instagram at the tailgate podcast, follow Liam Scheibel's TikTok 
at Liam underscore tribals. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, I'll put all the links to all that good stuff in the description below, but this has been another episode. Thank you guys so much for stopping by. I'll see you later.